You ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that when asked why we feature a beer each week, he simply responded, because we're thirsty, dummy. He is our captain. Ahoy, me mateys. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling a friend. This week's beer of the week is Haze by the geniuses over at Treehouse Brewing Garage Grade A Strong, 5 out of 5 bottle caps. Longtime listeners of the show will tell you that it's not frequently that we give a perfect score for a beer, so when we do, that means you stop what you're doing, locate one of these beers, and drink it immediately. Haze by Treehouse was brought to us by First Up. A big thank you to Kenny, who is my friend Ken, on Untapped for sending us some delicious treehouse beer. Big thanks to Ken. Please don't listen to the Colonel. You might lose your job. And a big we like your jib to Sarah in Upper Arlington. Here's a long distance cheers to Mark in Sonora, California. And a big cheers to Gavin in Bay City, Michigan. Next, and I love this one, Captain, we have Shelly in Gun Barrel City, Texas. And last but certainly not least, we have Shannon from Westminster, British Columbia. So thanks to everyone for helping out this wonderful garage show. And if you would like to make a contribution to the beer fund, go to truecrimegarage.com. And while you're there, you can sign up on the mailing list or you can purchase a fabulous shirt so you can make your awesomeness a little more awesome. And that's enough of the business. All right. Thank you, Captain. Everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime.
Watt, Chris Watts, W A T T S. Wow. What, what's going on right now around your house? Right now, it's got K nine units, the sheriff's department. Everybody's like they're they're doing their best right now to figure out like if they can get a scent, see where they went. If they went on foot, they went in a car, they went somewhere. And right now, it's just like they've they've been on point. They're going through the house trying to get a scent and. Hopefully they can pick something up to where it's it's going to lead to something. What happened? Your wife came home. Tell me, tell me what's going she, like, she came home from the airport at 2 a.m. and I left around 5:15. She was still here, and like about 12:10 in that afternoon, her friend Nicole showed up at the door. Like I had texted Shannon a few times that day, called her, say you know, but she never got back to me. But she wasn't getting back to any of her people as well, and that's what really concerned a lot of people is like she's not getting back to her like if she doesn't get back to me that's fine like she gets busy during the day but she can get back to her people which was very concerning and nicole called me when she was at the door and that's when i came home and then walked in the house and nothing has vanished nothing was here i mean she wasn't she wasn't here the kids weren't here nope nobody was here what's your wife's name shenan s-h-a-n-a-n-n what's your what's your kids bella and celeste uh, C E L E S T E. Four in the Bellas, four Celeste is three. And so, how many times did you try calling her? I called her three times, texted her about three times, just to say, you know, what's going on. Like I did, because after after the after I called her and texted her once, it was like, like maybe she was just busy. Like she had just gotten back, you know. Like everybody's probably calling her from her trip. She just got back from Arizona, and. I figured just she was just busy, but when her friend showed up, that's what it was like. It it registered like, all right, this isn't right. Do you think she just took off? Do you think? I, I mean, right now I don't even want to just like throw anything out there. Like, I hope that she's somewhere safe right now and with the kids. But I mean, could she have been? Could she have just taken off? I don't know. But if somebody has her and they're not safe, like I want them back now. Like that, that, that's what's in my head. Like if they're safe right now, they're going to come back. But if they're not safe right now, that's what, that's the not knowing part. Like if they're not safe, I, I, last night I was, I had every light in the house on. I was hoping that I would just get, just ran over by the kids running in the door and just like barrel rushing me, but it didn't happen. And it was just a traumatic night trying to be here. I'm going to ask some kind of tough questions relationship with the kids yeah I, I mean yeah my, my kids are my life I mean those those smiles light up my life and there's like I mean last night like during like at, you know when they usually eat dinner it was just like I miss them like I mean I miss telling them hey you got to eat that or you're gonna, not gonna get your dessert you know and just like you're not gonna get your snack after I, I miss that like I, I miss them you know cuddle up on their couches they have like a Minnie Mouse couch and a Sophia couch that they cuddle up on and watch you know bubble guppies or something and it was just like you know I miss, I've I, I was, it was tearing, tearing me apart last night, and I needed that. I needed that last night, and for that, for nobody to be here last night, and to go into their rooms, and not and know that I wasn't going to turn the rain machines on, and I know that I wasn't going to turn their monitor on, know I wasn't going to kiss them to bed tonight. It was, it, it was. I, I, that's why last night was just horrible. I couldn't do it. it I just. I just want, I want everybody to just come home, like wherever they're at, come home, that's what I want.
I, she was she she was on um, she came back Sunday to send it to you at night. Yeah, because her, her flight got delayed from Arizona because of like other storms around the the nation. So yeah. she's supposed to get home at like 11. She got home at like 148. Got in bed about two. What was, what was she going for? Like family trip or like? It was a Thrive Direct Sales. Uh, it was a local event that was down there between a bunch of leaders in, in the company. And that night, that day she was back, I mean. I, le I left work for work early that morning, like 5.15, 5.30. So like she barely, I mean, she barely got barely got into bed pretty much. And, and, you know, this might be a tough question, but did, did you guys get into an argument before she left? It wasn't. It wasn't like an argument. We had an emotional conversation, but I'll leave it at that. But it's. I just want them back. <laughs> I just. I just want them to come back, and if. If they're not safe right now, that's what's. That's what's tearing me apart. Because, if they are safe, they're coming back. But if they're not, this. This. This has got to stop. Like somebody has to come forward. You spoke to her family, like her parents. Yeah, I've, I've, they've been in constant contact. Like. Every hour, I mean, it's, I mean, everybody back in North Carolina and the East Coast, I mean, from Maine to Florida. What is her parents saying to you? Like, They're just like, like, if they need to get on a flight, just let them know, because, I mean, they don't, they, they feel helpless right now, because they, they're on the opposite side of the country. I mean, this Colorado is, I mean, you can't just drive around and look. I mean, it's just like, you wouldn't really know what you're looking for. That's what the cops pretty much told me. That, that first day, I was like, I want to get out and drive around. They said, you wouldn't know what to look for. Um, last couple of questions. Uh, what is what is law enforcement? What have, what have the police or the sheriffs or your neighbors? Is anybody? What is what's, what's police saying to you? Right now, this is what they're doing. Right now is with the canines in the sense. I think this is the biggest thing. This is the biggest thing they've done so far because yesterday they all. Federal Police Department did all the searching of the house and try to gather whatever information they could. And with the detectives, officers, and sergeants, and today it's, all, I mean, obviously with all the activity that's around, it's, 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 there's a lot going on around here. And I really hope that all of this can lead to something positive. What did um, your neighbors? Did they see anything? Did you see anything? No, like we've, we've, uh, the, the police department went door-to-door -door asking like cameras and everything just like nothing and my last question if you have any of them feel free to set but my last question is if your wife can see this if she if she can watch this what would, what would you like to tell your wife and your kids shenan bella celeste if you're out there just just, just come back like if somebody has her just please bring her back i need to see everybody On Monday, August 13th, 2018, the Frederick, Colorado 911 received a call from Nicole Atkinson around 1.30 p.m. Nicole reported that she dropped her friend Shanann Watts off at her home at 1.48 a.m. that morning after a business trip to Arizona. Nicole was very concerned because she had not heard or been able to reach Shanann. Now, Shanann is diabetic and 15 weeks pregnant, so this is just adding to her friend's concerns. Shanann missed a doctor's appointment that morning and was not responding to calls or texts, and this was very much out of character. 
Nicole and her teenage son, Nicholas, went over to Shanann's home to look for her. Nicholas, on occasion, dog sat for the Watts, so he was very familiar with their home. Through the garage windows, apparently, Captain, the teenage boy had to stand on top of his mother's car to look into these windows. It sounds like they're quite high. They could see Shanann's white Lexus SUV parked inside. Nicole knew the code to the front door, but... Upon attempting to open it, she found that inside the latch was engaged on the door, this prohibiting it from being opened more than just a couple of inches. Nicole could see the flip-flops Shanann was wearing on the plane right inside the front door. Now, she always wore these flip-flops. Nicole contacted Shanann's husband, Christopher Watts, on his cell phone. He was at work. She asked him to come home to check to see if Shanann was okay. Chris didn't seem overly concerned and told her Shanann went on a play date with a friend. Nicole felt that he wasn't being appropriately responsive to this situation. And also she was fearing because her friend is in constant contact with her. So if she was on a play date, wouldn't she reply to the text messages or the phone calls? Yes. So... She had Nicholas try to force open the garage door. She knew that this would trigger the house alarm. And hopefully if Shanann was inside, you know, she's kind of assuming at this point that she might be incapacitated inside the home. And she's hoping that the alarm will, you know, bring her back to, you know, reality and answer the door or check in with her friend. But Chris Watts disarmed this alarm from his phone earlier. This was at 12.41 p.m. So concerned that Shanann and the girls did not appear to be at the house and they're not reachable, Nicole and her son left and actually went to the OBGYN's office where Nicole knew Shanann had an appointment at 10 a.m. that morning. She wanted to see if they had shown up to this appointment and found out that she did not. Again, this was completely out of character. Nicole and Nicholas returned to the Watts home and called Chris Watts again. They then told him that they were calling the police. Chris told Nicole not to do so and that he was on his way home, but she had already called 911 by this time. In response to Nicole's call, Officer Scott Coonrod was dispatched to the Watts home on Saratoga Trail. This is in a subdivision of new homes about 10 minutes Away from Frederick. Yeah, they're roughly $350,000, $400,000 houses. Nice neighborhood. Yeah. Nicole and Nicholas were waiting for him outside of the house. The officer opened the front door just a couple of inches because remember, we got the latch inside. Mm -hmm. He called out to see if anyone was inside the home, but saw no one and heard no one. Who we are looking for is Shanann and her two daughters, Bella and Celeste, ages four and three. All of the windows on the ground floor were locked, as was the sliding glass door at the back of the house. Nicole told the officer that Chris Watts, Shanann's husband, was somewhat unclear as to what time he would be arriving at the house. Although Shanann was not known to pass out or have seizures due to her diabetes, Nicole was concerned that she may be ill or have had an accident upstairs and needed help. Shanann had a low blood sugar incident in Arizona just a few days prior. Right, but even so, I mean, you're calling out to people. Even though you can't get the door open, you have a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Yeah. You would think at some point you'd hear some kind of noise. 
inside the house. Yes, unless it was like nap time or the children were frightened for some reason, you would think you would hear something going on inside right. the home. So Nicole, Nicholas, and the officer are standing outside of the Watts' home. Nicole is calling all of Shanann's friends and her parents to see if they have heard from her. Nobody's heard anything. And meanwhile, after obtaining Chris Watts' cell number from Nicole, the officer called Chris and asked for the code to enter the home through the garage using the exterior keypad. Chris said the code didn't work from the outside and he would be home in five minutes. When Chris showed up, he accessed the home using his car garage clicker, then entered the home. All of them entered the home together, to be clear. Yeah. Chris gave consent to check the entire house for any sign of Shanann and the girls. So they find no one in the home. They didn't find a note or really any indication of where this young mother and the two little girls could be. But here's what they did find. They found Shanann's small black suitcase still sitting at the bottom of the stairs. Chris found Shanann's wedding ring on a nightstand. Chris and Nicholas went upstairs, and Nicholas found Shanann's cell phone on the couch in the loft area. Yeah, it was actually kind of stuffed in the cushions. Chris did not know the password to his wife's phone, but apparently Nicole did. It was the due date for the baby that was on the way. Mm-hmm. Chris authorized the officer to look through her phone. He observed no calls were made that morning, and there were a lot of missed calls and unresponded to messages. The officer called in a detective to investigate further. So they thoroughly searched the house with Chris's permission. Now, while they're searching, Chris said that he was going to go for a walk around the neighborhood to clear his head. But he ended up staying just outside of the home on the deck to the backyard after taking the family dog outside. The police documented what they found. This included Shanann's purse sitting on the kitchen counter containing her wallet, cash, ID, credit cards, a second cell phone, and medication. We already know that they found her vehicle. This was with the keys on the center console and the remote garage door opener on the visor. Well, and at this point, it's like, where would she go? I mean, she doesn't have a car. She's pregnant. So we wouldn't think that she'd walk too far. She has two girls with her. Maybe mm -hmm. somebody came and picked her up. The tricky thing too, Captain, it sounds like there's ways to access this home without a key. You know, we referenced the keypad to the garage, which Chris says is not working. Then the keypad to the front door, which... You can't use because it's latched from inside. Right. So I'm tr I'm having trouble here because we, we have her keys. It says her car keys on the center console in her vehicle. Most people, myself, I carry my house keys on my car key ring. Yeah, key fob. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering here, the only really thing I could think of that could happen here is that Somebody would have picked them up, they went somewhere, or that they went for some kind of walk and maybe something happened that delayed their return. But how were they going to access the home? You know, did she have or could she have had any type of keys with her to get into the home? It sounds like no. It also doesn't seem like they're questioning Chris much about this so-called play date. Yeah. And a special note here, this was interesting. Officers determined that someone would have had enough time to press the button from inside the parked 
vehicle and run out the closing garage door. Right. And, but, but again, the garage was the only way someone could have exited the home since the other doors were all locked. Now, finding the two cell phones was very disturbing because Nicole told the police that Shanann worked from home and she would never leave without her cell phone. Yeah, I believe they call it like direct sales mm-hmm. where you you sell to your friends and family and, and potentially other people. And she worked for a company, I believe it was called Level. I have Thrive Nutritional Supplements, but I mean, it could be, Level could be the parenting company. Right. Um, often there's different uh, names associated with these direct sales businesses. But I think the key thing here and what her friend is going to point out to the officer is, and keep in mind her friend worked with her or did had the same similar line of work, right? The key thing here is being available to her customers via phone 24-7. Right, or text. Yes. Yeah. And this, with both these phones being at the home, Shanann yeah. not there, that's impossible. So regarding the little girls, this is disturbing too because what police found was they found asthma medication for one of the girls as well as an EpiPen for one of the other girls. You know, this girl, she needed to have this with her at all times in case of an allergic reaction. The police report states, quote, we observed nothing suspicious inside the residence, vehicles, or garage that gave the appearance of an altercation. And what's so interesting about this case is you can actually watch all of this footage. Yeah, this comes from the police body cams. But the cops did note that the master bed was stripped bare down to the mattress. The comforter fitting uh, fitted bottom sheet and pillows were on the floor. Right. There was no sign of the top sheet. The girls' beds in their bedrooms were unmade. In the unfinished basement, they found an unmade bed with sheets and a blanket. Chris told them that he slept in the basement on occasion, but when Shanann got home last night, he was in the master bedroom. Officers noted a ring doorbell camera. Chris told them the only persons visible on it were Shanann arriving home from her trip and Nicole and Nicholas when they showed up that day looking for her. Right. The authorities canvassed the neighborhood to see if anyone saw anything. One neighbor in particular is named in the police report, Nathaniel Trenistich, lived next door, and he has a home video surveillance system. This shows Nicole's car leaving at 1.48 a.m., as she told police. Then, at 5.27 a.m. on August 13th, the video shows Chris Watts in a black shirt walking out the open garage door and then shows his brown extended cab Ford F-250 pickup truck backing into the driveway up to the garage with the rear of the truck in the garage. The view of the rear of the truck was obscured from the camera. So Chris was parked at the street, but backed up to the garage and is seen on the video loading a red gas can into the truck bed. Yeah, he claims he's loading tools for work. Yes. The video showed no other vehicles coming or going. In the bed of the truck, police found a fire extinguisher, a large hose, a shovel, a gas can, and multiple toolboxes. This pickup truck was issued to Chris by his employer. Oh, and because it was issued by his employer, the truck has GPS on it Mm -hmm. as well. So the police are going to eventually be able to track his whereabouts using the GPS monitoring 
on the track. Well, let's talk about Chris Watts's story because it's it's pretty clear from the police report that the cops were suspicious of Chris from the get-go. Yeah. In fact, the officer's report says this. Here is what Chris told the detectives on that day. He said that the family had just returned from a vacation in North Carolina where they both had family. They flew home on August 7th. On the 10th, Shanann had a work trip to Arizona. Chris said Shanann got home from this trip that Sunday night, which was really early Monday morning, August 13th at around 2 a.m. We now know this was because her flight was delayed, so she arrived home later than planned. Nicole drove her home, arriving at 1.48 a.m. Chris was asleep in the master bedroom. He woke up at 4 a.m. and started getting ready for work and woke Shanann up. Yeah, he claims, because they were having some marital problems, that he claims that they had an emotional conversation about their relationship and talked about selling their house and moving towards a divorce Mm -hmm. before he left for work. Yeah, he says this conversation lasted about 30 to 40 minutes, and as you stated, it was emotional, but he was clear that they were not arguing. He said they were discussing a separation for a few weeks. Then at 5.27 a.m., Chris backed his truck up to the garage to load up some tools and left for work. When he left around 5.45 a.m., Shanann was in bed. He went to work at a job site, an oil well location, to check on it. He was alone there for a few hours. Chris was an operator for Anadarko Petroleum Corporation, Colorado's largest oil and gas producer. He worked on oil wells and equipment. Chris told police that Shanann intended to spend the day with the kids at the house of a friend, but he didn't know who this friend was. He didn't know the name of the friend. Right. He told police they were married for six years and that this disappearance was very unusual behavior. He said that he blamed himself for her leaving because it clearly was the result of their conversation. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. 
Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem. 
and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, mates. Cheers to you, Captain. A big garage. Cheers to everybody out there. All right, some alarm bells are going off here, right? Wait, and out there. And out there. And over there. And in the back seat. (laughs) And over there. All around the world. So let's talk about some of the alarm bells here, right? We have a missing woman, two missing children, and we have the husband that seems to have a no Karen in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. And the officer notes that Chris's demeanor was quote nonchalant. It's very strange. I mean, again, I, I will try to get like clear footage of this and post it on our website at true crime garage. So if you haven't seen it, that you don't have to scroll through YouTube and try to, there's a, a ton of them out there. And the, I believe the exact wording that the officer gave was that he didn't seem that Chris did not seem overly concerned about the fact that his wife and little girls were missing. Yeah. Now I understand that you're having marital problems, so maybe you're not so worried about your wife, but she's also carrying your unborn child, mm-hmm. your unborn son. And then you have your two lovely daughters you'd think you'd be concerned about their whereabouts. The other thing too is like, and I can't really emphasize this enough. The little girls are nowhere to be found. Their medication that is very much needed medication. We mentioned the EpiPen, right? That would terrify me. That's what would terrify me if I were Chris in this situation. One, when you look at behavior science, and just his demeanor constantly, he is crossing his arms almost like in a, like he's defensive mm-hmm. w- without even talking. He's defensive. The other thing too is Chris told the officer three times that he left the garage door open and received the alarm on his phone, notifying him of this around 1240. Now the officer thought that Chris's emphasis of this was unusual. And when Nicole got there, we know that the garage door was closed. Right. So it seems to me like, I mean, he really keeps going back to this. The No, the d- garage door was open and my phone tells me this. Next, we also have Nicole and the neighbor who both told the officer that they, who knew Chris well, believed he was acting extremely nervous. And you referenced some of his mannerisms at that time. Yeah, because at some point they're going to go next door to the neighbor's house, mm-hmm. I think, to ask for the footage. Because they yeah, know they're, that they're, they're viewing it together, kind of, you know, with Chris there, the neighbor there, the officer. At some point, Chris is like bending down and then leaning forward and crossing his arms. And it's, it's very strange because I could understand movements like that if you're like, oh, man, I just don't know where she's at. This is driving me crazy. And you, you start doing some erratic stuff. But when your your demeanor, it's it was almost like 
he's having little freak out moments, but he knows he has to try to keep it together. At some point, you can see from the police body cam, mm-hmm. Chris walk outside of the neighbor's house, and mm-hmm. the neighbor says something like, "He's he's really acting strange, don't you think?" Yeah, I mean, that's to me that's like such a like the neighbor is telling you like this is a guy that might like him, mm-hmm. and he's saying, "Dude, this dude's acting weird." Yeah, and the feeling I got when I watched that video with the way that you talked about Chris moving about, is, well, it's it looked to me like a guy that wanted to jump out of his own skin, and it wasn't. It didn't appear to me to be because he thought they should be out there looking around the neighborhood or searching for his wife. It seemed like he wanted to jump out of his skin because he didn't want to be in that room. Yeah, he was very uncomfortable. You've seen this time and time again. You'll see where the husband will go like. Why are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. We should be out there looking for him. And he never does that. No. It's like he's never seen the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> well, the neighbor told police that he had heard Chris yelling loudly at Shanann numerous times in the past. And finally, the officer notes that while at the Watts' home, he received a phone call from Shanann's mother, who... He says, quote, was adamant that Christopher did something and they should check the GPS on his truck. Now, I'm just going to stop you right there because one, her friend has a gut feeling and does not stop. We need to get into the house. Mm -hmm. She does. Now the mother has a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. And and you're going to see that time and time again uh, in this case where people follow their gut feelings. In fact, Shanann's mom... Sandra, she also called another officer the next day and said that Chris was acting very odd and she and her husband suspected that he had done something to the family. Officers asked Chris to check for any activity in their bank accounts, but Chris said he could not log on to the accounts because Shanann handled the finances. Right. He agreed to call the banks to find out. He couldn't verify if Shanann had any missing credit cards because the two use separate cards. So he says he wasn't certain which cards she carried. He also did not know where she kept her passport. The officer ordered a bolo, a be on the lookout for Shanann and the girls. Right. So we have a pregnant mother and her two small daughters have vanished, leaving behind all of Shanann's personal items, the girls' medication and their car. Word of this spread among their family and friends like wildfire. The police report says Shanann's phone was blowing up with texts and calls from concerned friends and family. Shanann had a very active social media life. Her role as a Thrive sales representative required her to, quote, live the lifestyle. And she typically posted videos multiple times daily showing her and the kids and Chris and their daily life. Yeah. Both she and Chris would be wearing their Thrive patches visibly in these videos. They were, quote, selling the brand. Yeah, one of my favorite videos, there's actually quite a bit of them online, but one of them is Chris is almost like made to stand in the back. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, honey, we're going to make this video for not only the people that work, because normally how it works is you get a team of people, so you're selling to people but your team is also selling to people. Mm-hmm. 
It's very similar to a pyramid marketing scheme. Yeah, they have nicer they have nicer words for it, but that's essentially what it is. You're making money off of your sales as well as your team's sales. Yeah, and so part of the thing though is that you get to work at home and then you get to spend time with your family. So there are some perks there, mm-hmm. but then you have to you know make these Facebook videos and shoot have Chris. You want you know smile on the video, Chris, and he's in the background. And there's one time where he just like turns the dog's head to like keep the dog looking more towards the camera mm-hmm. and she kind of snaps at him like don't choke him you know and so if you watch those videos i it's it's a false narrative of how their relationship was mm-hmm. but you can see some inner workings there if you watch those videos well a little background on the watts family so chris and shanann met on facebook in 2010 uh shanann had been married before Both of them were from North Carolina, and that's where they met. Shanann was a year older than Chris. She was diagnosed with lupus, fibromyalgia, and migraines and told friends she and Chris hit it off immediately and that he was very considerate and understanding of her health issues. Okay, what was interesting to me was he actually tried to add her on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I know you're not big with the social media, so he tries to add her. She deletes him. She Denied. But she just went through a a, a breakup. Uh, um, she just went through a divorce, mm-hmm. and then she's dealing with being sick and 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 trying to overcome those battles. And then her friend kind of pushed her, like, "Hey, this guy's a good guy," and she said, "Okay." Accepted the friend request. Figured I'll never talk to this guy again. He'll just be one of the friends on my Facebook, and that's what it'll be. Right. A couple weeks later, they go out, and she instantly kind of falls for this guy. Yeah, and by all accounts, it seems like Chris was head over heels for Shanann. Uh, at some point, he started working a job as a mechanic at a local Ford dealer, and Shanann worked in the sales department. Yeah, They were married in 2012 and moved to Colorado, where in 2015, Chris got the job with the petroleum company. Shanann worked at a school for a little bit and then at a local children's hospital before she got on with this direct sales marketing group but this is where it starts going wrong though Mm -hmm. so when they go to colorado they're going to have a house built and that house is worth about four hundred thousand dollars so you're talking about a pretty hefty mortgage while they start racking up credit card debt and things of that nature and they end up filing for bankruptcy which is i think well over four hundred thousand dollars they filed for bankruptcy Shanann was described as the ultimate helicopter mom and Chris doted on his girls. They had two girls, as we mentioned, and he took care of them after school. Both parents were very hands-on and both little girls had various health issues like asthma and serious allergies. Everyone who knew Shanann says that she was controlling a little OCD. Uh, The house and the kids ran on a very strict schedule, but the family seemed happy. The only black mark known to friends was that Shanann didn't get along with Chris's parents. They did not like her, apparently, and refused to attend their wedding. Chris started using the Thrive products from for Shanann's business in early 2018. He started watching his diet, running, and working out with weights. He lost a lot of weight, going from 245 to 185 pounds. 
Well, by all accounts, uh, they were the all-American couple. I guess I shouldn't say all accounts. I don't think his parents would have said so. But the all-American <laughs> couple with hey, two— Hey, no, that sounds like an American couple to me. Somebody hates somebody's parents. That's right. With two adorable little girls and a boy on the way. Back to August 13th. By 348, some of Shanann's friends in a group text were commenting that the cops needed to take a look at Chris's cell and his computer. Now, two of Chris's buddies, Jeremy and David, came over to the Watts' home that night to check on him. They found him vacuuming. The police were gone at this point. Chris said he planned to stay in the house that night in case his family came home. He told his friends that the house was very strange and quiet without his kids. Chris had a strong support group. He and Shanann had a lot of friends. After the first night alone in the house, he spent the next night at the home of their friends, the Thayers. But by the morning of the 14th, when no one had heard from Shanann for more than 24 hours, things were starting to take a different turn. Note, a police officer called Chris in the middle of the night to ask some more questions. Chris Watts failed to ask the officer whether there was any news about his family. Yeah. Now, when the news of the strange disappear- disappearance broke nationally, Chris decided to give public interviews. You heard, heard one in our trailer there. As mentioned, police body cams recorded Chris viewing the neighbor surveillance footage, capturing Chris backing his truck up into the garage. As you stated, Captain, his body language was very tense and stressed. And this is for a good reason, because if you watch the video very carefully, you can see that someone is actually moving along, crouched down on the other side of the truck, away from the camera. So that's a big red flag. Here's some more red flags. After the initial search of the home by police, Chris vigorously cleaned the place and washed the kids' sheets. When authorities returned with a warrant and dogs to conduct more thorough searches and seize evidence, the house reeked of cleaning chemicals. In a second search of the home, The cops found the master bedroom, top sheet, and some pillowcases in the kitchen garbage can. All of these had stains that were guessed to have been smeared mascara or eyeshadow. The fitted sheet was missing. Chris washed all the kids' linens and made the beds back up prior to the cops' second search of the home. This search also turned up Shanann's missing Apple watch. It was on the couch in the loft area where her phone was found. Well, this, both of these are misfortunes because if she would have had a phone on her or her Apple Watch, you would think that they might be able to track her GPS location. August 13th was supposed to be the kids' first day back at their preschool. They had even picked out their outfits, but Chris called the school that morning around 8.15 to tell them that the girls would not be attending and said the family was considering moving away. This could have been a major slip because apparently Chris didn't realize that while still on the phone, after he reported that the girls weren't coming in, he asked, they aren't there, are they? Yeah, that's just very odd. Mm -hmm. Chris texted Shanann around 740 that morning uh, and sent a few more texts later, but never raised the alarm when they didn't, when she never responded to him. And he called her phone at 825 as well. Now, sometime on the 13th, he searched the web for the lyrics to a Metallica song called Battery. Some of the lyrics are, Smashing through the boundaries, lunacy has found me. 
and pounding out aggression turns into obsession, cannot kill the battery, cannot kill the family. Get your lighters out. In a phone interview with Officer Matthew James of the Frederick PD, Chris told him that while Shanann was away in North Carolina, this she actually went there for a couple of weeks without him. Yeah, she she was going to take a trip as six weeks long, and he wasn't going to he wasn't going to join them until the last week. Yeah, he said the two of them quote fell out of love for each other. He said there was a disconnect between them, and after being asked, Chris denied that he was seeing anyone else. Now, this story contradicts somewhat the stories that investigators were hearing from Shanann's friends and family. We know, you know, with her social media life, that Shanann was a very communicative person with a lot of her friends, very open. And her actual text back and forth with multiple uh, friends during the few weeks prior to her disappearance, these are all available in the case file. But what she told her friends and what they in turn told police was this, that Chris and Shanann had always been a very good marriage. You always had a wonderful marriage. He was very affectionate. Yeah. And he was a caring father and husband. Shanann and Chris found out they were expecting a third child, a boy, sometime in late May. Chris didn't seem thrilled at this. Shanann went to North Carolina with the girls in June for a multi-week visit. Well, it's weird, though, because there was a video where she was going to videotape his reaction, and she is wearing a shirt that says, oops, we did it again. Mm. Okay, if that doesn't make you go, you know, but did she set up a video camera? Did she tell him, hey, I'm going to set this up. I need Mm. you to play pretend with me so we can post this on social media so then we can sell some more products. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Yeah. Well, Shanann spent time with her parents and her brother when she was in North Carolina. And until there was a falling out, she even spent time with Chris's parents. Now, even though she didn't get along with them, she wanted the girls to know their grandparents on their dad's side. Right. Chris's parents had initially disliked Shanann, saying that they didn't trust her and thought she was a schemer. But they were attempting to act nicer for the sake of the kids. But then there was an incident in North Carolina that made her sever ties with them. There was a bunch of cousins over at the Watts' grandparents' home when Shanann and the girls were where they were staying at the time. Shanann told her mother-in-law that Cece was violently allergic to nuts and could not have them even near her. Despite this, and maybe deliberately, her mother-in-law purchased ice cream with nuts and served it to all of the children. Oh, that's great. Cece didn't get the ice cream as Shanann stepped in, but it's thought that the intention was to make a statement that either Shanann was crazy or Cece was coddled or both. Well, and this made me wonder a little bit because I had a friend that dealt with a um, longtime girlfriend, but she became very OCD, but also became a hypochondriac. So when you mm-hmm. hear that the mother has all these ailments and then so do the children, you wonder, do they have them? Right. Or, you know, cause it seemed like everybody in their family except for Chris had medical issues. Yeah. And I, but I'm going to take a little bit of uh, a stance on this just because I feel like if you, if you feel that maybe something's, made up 
mm-hmm. almost. It it seems awfully dangerous to try to prove your point in this way because, as we all know, exposure to nuts for someone who is allergic can be could be fatal. Well, it's very dangerous and very irresponsible. Well, when this happened, Shanann left her in-laws home in a rage and she went to her parents. Her father-in-law unfriended her on Facebook in retaliation for this uh, event that took place. Very mature. Shanann expected Chris to take her side. He was sympathetic, but his reaction was not as strong as Shanann would have liked. There are many texts back and forth between the two where she refuses to take the blame for his family disliking her and asking him to step up to the plate. She even told him at one point to find his balls. Hmm. Now it is evident that in general, Shanann may have been a little bit belittling of Chris, who was known to be chill in comparison to her strong type a personality. Well, he's chill because he, (laughs) but he couldn't find his balls. Yeah. Well, anyway, Following this event, Shanann began to notice that Chris was somewhat distant from her. He never asked how she was feeling. You know, she's pregnant. How's things going with the pregnancy? Well, he's Anything busy like that. looking for his balls. Yeah. And and she also was telling friends that he was not doing any of the normal lovey-dovey stuff. Right. So while at the beginning of her stay in North Carolina, she said that they had engaged in phone sex, uh, this tapered off dramatically and Chris seemed like he was pulling away from Shanann. Mm-hmm. Shanann didn't like it when he wouldn't answer her calls, but this seemed to be happening more and more. Now this went on for the rest of the time that she and the girls were in North Carolina. She continually texted him asking what was wrong, why he showed no emotion or interest, so on and so forth. And you think at this point, that he would be pretty excited because they are having a boy. Mm-hmm. And it seemed by, by all accounts that he wanted to have a son. Well, he would respond to her text by simply saying things like, I don't know where my head is at, or I'm sorry for the way that I've been acting. It's probably where his balls are. <laughs> he told her that she didn't do anything wrong. He just didn't feel for her anymore. Mm. Then Chris came to North Carolina to join her as planned, and this is when things went really south. Yeah, but what is strange, though, is you could actually read his text messages before he gets there, mm-hmm. and it almost like he turns around a little bit, like he's starting to say, hey, I love you, can't wait to see you. A lot of people have speculated, well, that might be because he was missing his children, but th- that's kind of where he was, almost where he was going to try to reconnect once he got down there. Mm-hmm. Well, his behavior in North Carolina in the early part of August was described by Shanann as completely cold and distant. He wouldn't touch her, wouldn't kiss her, wouldn't hug her. They slept in different rooms. He would barely talk to her. She continually confronted him about his change, and he was evasive. Finally, when she got him to talk, he told her they weren't compatible anymore, and he wanted to consider separating. He wanted to sell the house and he wasn't sure he wanted the new baby. He was happy with just the two girls. He refused to enter marriage counseling with Shanann. There was no doubt from the correspondence that Shanann genuinely loved her husband, but he Mm. was rejecting her, the kids, and their life together. This was a complete shock to Shanann. 
Now, she did at this time cancel their gender reveal party that the two had planned. The Watts family flew back to Colorado on August 7th, and Chris slept in the basement. The two continued to talk the next day at Shanann's insistence, and Shanann got Chris to agree to counseling and a getaway trip to Aspen the following weekend, August 17th through the 19th. Then on the 10th, she left on her trip to Arizona, feeling a little more optimistic about her marriage. Mm -hmm. While there, her friends, who were also reps for Thrive, say she was not herself. She was sad and preoccupied and told them that there's some trouble in their marriage. And she was confused about the whole situation. Right. They started to talk about whether Chris could be having an affair. Well, Shanann said no, because he's got no game. She did not think that Chris would. All right. So he, he needs to find his balls and he has no game. Yeah. Okay. She didn't think that Chris would cheat on her, uh, but she was concerned enough to be checking the charges on the credit card mm-hmm. that he was using. Now that weekend, she was sitting with her friends on Saturday night when she saw a charge for over $60 from the Lazy Dog Saloon back at home. She knew Chris was supposed to be at a Colorado Rockies baseball game with his buddies. He had gotten a sitter for the girls, and he went out around 5.30 p.m. until about 10.30 p.m. She texted him and asked about this charge. He said he ordered salmon and a beer. But when she looked up the menu for the restaurant, she noted that his bill should have been more like $20. Remember what I said before about gut feelings, her friend following the gut feeling her parents following gut feelings. She had a gut feeling, uh, and maybe she was just making some snarky remark while well, he has no game, but he obviously had something if you're checking up on him in this manner. Yeah, and there's also some question, or at least Shanann questioned, how late Chris got home that night. Now, one of the reasons that the public is so fascinated by this case is that everyone knows Everyone that who knows Chris mm-hmm. says he is a totally upstanding guy, a great friend, devoted father and husband. He doesn't have a temper. He's right. like super mellow. He was considered to be 100% reliable at work, and he was the, quote, go-to guy, according to his colleagues. Yeah, he seemed like the husband that most women would want and really the father that most women would want their husbands to be. Even Shanann's parents have spoken publicly saying they adored him and he was wonderful to their daughter. But then a 30-year-old brunette named Nicole Kessinger walked into the Frederick Police Department. But before doing so, she deleted all records of Chris Watts from her phone, including all text, phone calls, photos, and even his contact information. In contrast, Chris Watts had all his messages with and pictures of her, including naked selfies of both of them, mm-hmm. hidden in a secret calculator app on his phone. Yeah, this is ingenious. So it looks like if you just look at the person's phone, it it looks like a calculator app. But when you open that up, I think you have to type in a certain number into the calculator. That's your mm. passcode. It opens it up, and you can store files in there. It's a completely different folder altogether. Yeah, don't ask me how I know all about this. Well, it would only be a matter of time before law enforcement techs would crack this system that he set up. Mm-hmm. Now, in coming forward and seemingly, quote, doing the right thing, Nicole was 
protecting herself. And she was heavily downplaying to the police, the nature length and extent of her relationship with Chris. But well, hold on a second. Cause she is going to be, she is downplaying. Mm-hmm. So you're totally correct about that. And we're going to know, we're going to get all this information out of her because not only is she willing to talk, she is turning over um, her technology computers, mm-hmm. phone to the police so they can go through it with a fine tooth comb. Yeah. And she, I mean, she did throw him under the bus in the sense that she came forward and told police that Chris lied to her. And if he had done that, she was wondering what else he could be lying about. Right. Nicole and Chris met in June of 2018 at work where Nicole was a contract employee working in the main office. Chris would come in every morning before heading out into the field and the two started chatting and flirting. Nicole says she knew Chris was married, but he told her he was separated and that they were filing for divorce. She did not know that he had two kids until later when Chris told her. Now she says that she thought this was cute, that he was a dad. She told cops that she didn't even know his wife's name. Now we know that Nicole has an agenda of self-preservation. And so we don't know how much to believe in how she characterizes the nature of their relationship. But she says that Chris was more into her than what she was into him. Right. But she says that she doesn't know Chris's wife's name, but we also know that she searched Chris's wife's name on her computer after the disappearance. No, before the disappearance. Well, she told police that, that he had said, I love you like pretty quickly in their relationship. Mm -hmm. She did say that she said it back to him a couple of times, but again, she's trying to point out a picture or paint a picture of him being much more into her and that their relationship was not all that. Let's Mm -hmm. say, which again is fishy too, because we're later going to find that with Google searches, she was searching, uh, like kind of vacation destinations for couples and also, wedding dresses and and things of that nature. Well, Chris and Nicole, according to her, had a very active sex life. She said that they sometimes did it up to four times a day, but they really didn't go out into public much instead staying in at her apartment. Yeah. They didn't have any time. They did go on a camping trip together at great sand dunes national park. Now I'm a little off on this because I don't know where Shanann believed Chris would have been at this time. Well, I think this is during the five weeks that she's in uh, the Carolinas. Oh, that would make much more sense. Yeah, because basically that whole five weeks that she's gone, and remember how she's like, all of a sudden now he's like really cold and distant. He's not returning my texts and all that stuff. That's because he spent pretty much every day with his new girlfriend. Well, on one of the few times that they actually went out, this was on August 11th when they went to the Lazy Dog Saloon for that $60 dinner. Right. They also had sex both before and after the meal. Nicole says that she was encouraging Chris to make up with his wife and try to work on his marriage, but this seems unlikely given that we know, you know, what she was Googling. Right, but hold on. There might actually be some truth to this. And, and here's why, because sh- during that time when they're spending all this time together, it kind of becomes like, well, yes, we're separated, 
but he kind of lets her know there is a chance that we could work things out. And I think that was his slime ball way of basically saying, yes, I know I'm having fun with you, but it's a possibility. I'm going to stay with my wife and my kids. Mm. And so did she say, Hey, if you guys work things out, fine, just let me know. Mm-hmm. She might've been a cool person like that. And what she claims is that when, she, when he went to the Carolinas and had that uh, emotional conversation where he claimed, where she, we know that he basically said, Hey, I want a divorce. I want to sell the house, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then eventually turns back around and says, well, maybe we'll stay together. Yeah. Right. When he, he, he ends up, texting his girlfriend Nicole and at some point actually calls her and says that they actually might try to work things out. Mm-hmm. So if those statements are true, I think there might be some truth to that. She's like, okay, well it's nice that you're married and it's cute that you have kids, but if you do want to work it out with your wife, I'm not going to stop you from that. Right. Well, Nicole says that she chose to come forward or go to the police because Chris had lied to her by omission by not telling her that his wife was pregnant. She learned this on the news on Monday the 13th when Shanann disappeared. Right. She talked to Chris on the phone for 52 minutes on Monday the 13th when his wife and kids were gone. He told her it was true that Shanann was pregnant, but the baby was not his. Right. She said she didn't really believe him, and then the next morning she went to the police. Well, and think about this way. You have this guy that you're seeing... He's bitching about his wife. He's saying all this stuff that she didn't do or doesn't like, blah, 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 blah. That might seem okay, and you're going, okay, well, you guys are separated, so it's okay that we're hanging out. But then you find out that she's pregnant, and then he's going, well, it's probably somebody else's, and you know that's probably a bullshit lie. Now it's becoming a little more greasy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's becoming a little more where now you're not feeling so great about the actions and the actions of hanging out with him and possibly having sex with him. Well, real quick before we move on, in case anyone's out there scratching their heads, there is something that's a little difficult about this case to follow along in the story here, Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of people in this case with the name based off of the name Nick, Mm -hmm. right? So we have Nicole who is Shanann's friend, the one that shows up to the home, calls police because Shanann is missing. Right. Then we have the other Nicole who is the mistress. They're not the same person. Right. Okay. We also have Nicholas who was Shanann's friend's son. We have Nick Thayer who is one of Chris's friends. This is where he stayed on the 14th. And then on top of all of that, Nico was going to be the baby's name that Shanann was pregnant with. Right. I think you just made all that more confusing for me now. Well, the 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 most the the best thing to understand here is that the two Nicoles are different Nicoles, right? But this case, it feels familiar, and if it feels mm-hmm. familiar, Gone Girl, Scott Peterson, mm-hmm. it feels very similar. But what's interesting about this case is where the Scott Peterson case, a lot of things come out, they trickle out. This stuff is like a flood. Right. And the technology that we have today, all the um, police officers' body cams that we can see of Chris. So we basically get to see almost minute by minute of these people's actions. But then once they get phone records, text records, we get to see 
exactly what these people Googled. Right. It's very fascinating. And so with that technology, we have a piece of evidence that the cops are now really honing in on is, yes, we, we know that the girls went missing between roughly around this point. Mm-hmm. We have no evidence of them leaving the house. Right. So then they start assuming they left in his truck. Where did his truck go? Because he didn't go to work. He went to a job site. And they're going to track down and they're going to go to this um, job site. Well, let's go through that real quick. Because as you point out, the work truck, the F-250, was -hmm. equipped with GPS, apparently very high-tech GPS. This recorded every trip in the vehicle. It also recorded when it was started up and turned off. Mm. Now, Anna Darko was all too happy to cooperate with the cops and they handed over the GPS records immediately. And here's what the police learned. Chris started the engine on his truck at 5.18 a.m. on the morning of the 13th when he backed it into the driveway. It ran idle for 28 minutes. At 5.46 a.m., Chris started driving and headed directly for the Servi Ranch 47 miles away. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a huge cattle ranch that had leased a number of oil wells on the ranch property to Anadarko. Chris's truck parked at site number 319. This is a pump site with two 400 barrel oil tanks on it. Mm -hmm. Chris stayed there from 6.53 a.m. until about 8.30 a.m. And other employees showed up to join him at the 319 site after 7 a.m. They said that when they arrived, Chris was parked in an unusual spot near the tanks and appeared to be finishing digging a hole. His co-worker, Troy McCoy, noted that Chris was wearing a very old, he's wearing very old baggy clothing and an old pair of boots, which he thought was very strange. After this, Chris went to some other locations on the ranch and then stopped at a convenience store. Now, we've seen this video on TV and in the video, you can see that he's now wearing an orange shirt. Mm -hmm. He bought a breakfast roll and he's chatting casually with the cashier. He's smiling. He was at another site when he began to receive calls from Shanann's family and friends, including Nicole, her friend, Nicole saying that no one could find his wife. Yeah. So police are going to go out to the scene. And like you said, there's these two giant like oil pumps. Um, and, and tanks it, like, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's these lids on top, which look like, like manhole covers basically. Mm-hmm. And so when police go out there and they start searching around, they also have scent dogs and stuff, but they also find a, a part of the land that looks like where he would have been digging. Mm-hmm. And so now it's time where they go, Hey, we now know that this guy is not the husband we thought he was. Mm-hmm. We have people close to this girl saying, hey, this guy is suspicious. We got the neighbor saying this dude's acting weird. And they're going to bring in, they're going to bring him in for questioning, but they tell him the day before, hey, are you cool with doing a polygraph test? He says, yes. They said, okay, we'll set it up for tomorrow. Yeah, and the FBI actually interviews him on the 14th. And then Chris agreed to go down to the station on August 15th to take a polygraph test, but this would be after picking his father, Ronnie, up at the airport. 
Now, the entire pretest interview video is available online, and Chris gives some personal background information in the course of this pretest. His dad, Ronnie, was a parts manager for a Ford dealership where his mother worked as a secretary. Mm-hmm. He has an older sister named Jamie. Chris attended NASCAR school, which is where he learned to work on engines. He worked at various Ford dealerships until 2015. This, of course, when he landed his job with Anna Darko. Now, the actual polygraph consisted of just three questions. One, did you physically cause Shanann's disappearance? To which he answered no. Two, are you lying about the last time you saw Shanann? He says no. Three, do you know where Shanann is now? Chris Watts says no. And check out our show Off the Record on Stitcher Premium, available now. And this week we discussed the very important update in the Tara Grinstead case. Yeah, the arrest of Bo Dukes. And we will see everybody back here in the garage tomorrow. Until then, be good, be kind, and don't litter. You ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today.